Episode number 311, Building a Worship Culture That Lasts, with Kier Lindsay. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 311 of our show. And joining me on this week's intro segment again is my friend Luke McRoy from Salt Conference. What's up, Luke? Hey, Carl. I'm doing well. So good to be back. Yeah, man. Thanks for hanging out last week. Uh, We got to hear from Carrie and Gabe, uh, Carrie Newhoff and Gabe Lyons, all about what's next, what's coming for the church. And so excited to uh, for this week's episode of the show as well. It's going to be unique again in that uh, for the entire month of shows, uh, we are going to be sharing sessions from SALT 2020 last year. Uh, So we'll be sharing a session uh, this week from worship leader Kier Lindsay all about how to build a worship culture that lasts. So give us a little bit on Kier and a little background on this session. Yeah, Kier was actually new to our uh, community in 2020. We met him through a sequence of friends, and um, I don't like to ever pick favorites, Carl, but uh, he's up there because he has a unrivaled heart for the church and an uncanny ability to bring content for leaders that's practical no matter what area you serve in the church. And that's what's cool about this one that you're going to uh, allow your your audience here to sort of peer in on is it's not just for leaders. I think it's also not right. just for worship leaders. I think right. it's for anyone who has any sort of uh, responsibility to care and nurture a staff, a volunteer community, whether those are technicians, communications, social media, uh, or worship. And I think everybody who's listening to this is going to get something out of it. So, so we have a lot of podcast listeners that even though the uh, title of the episode or the guest on the episode is, you know, this one is a little bit more worship leader focused. We have a lot of listeners that will continue to listen because the content uh, that folks share can be applied across the board. And I, I think that's very true with Kier here this week in that uh, he's a worship leader. He's going to talk about worship leader uh, culture and how to build uh, a band and volunteer team uh, and a, a group of worship leaders, but also kind of pivots to, hey, this can be used anywhere. Uh, and definitely with tech teams, uh, other volunteer teams, there's definitely a lot of uh, content to, to share around. Like you said, you want to add to that? Yeah, so you, what you just told me, Carl, is you're going to rename this episode. If you're not That's a right. worship leader, still listen. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> right. Building a team culture, not a worship uh, culture. What are it. you thinking? <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about the speakers. Uh, you got Kier coming back this year. Is that right? And then that is you, correct. Um, t- tell us about more of the speakers at this year's event. Yeah, one of the things that we've really tried focusing on is um, broadening our sort of speaker lineup. I mean, Kier was sort of a surprise to us last year, a new voice, a new face. Uh, so we've kind of doubled down on that this year with new va- faces, new voices. But I'm really excited that the sort of number of churches that are represented from a teaching standpoint, you've got guys from Transformation Church, Elevation, yeah. uh, North Point Community, Cross Point. Uh, even organizations that uh, are, are sort of parachurch organizations, Proverbs 31, Lisa Turkers, her, her sort of team. 
so I'm really excited. You can go to saltnashville.com and see the whole list. And we're still announcing them on a pretty regular basis as we yeah. finalize and add those sort of loosens. But I'm super stoked, Carl. And uh, of course, you're going to be there. So it's going to yeah. be one heck of a year. That's right. That's right. I know that uh, your list of favorites, Kira, at least comes second. I know yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'd love to see you at Salt this year. Uh, as as Luke mentioned, saltnashville.com is the website. You can use our code 1230GETS50. 1230GETS50 uh, for $50 off any ticket price at saltnashville.com. All right. We're going to jump right into the session with Kier right after this. Check this out. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to share that Salt Conference is back. SALT is the creative conference for the church. It will be live and in person. The dates are October 20th through the 22nd in Nashville. Come learn the latest in technology, creativity, and the church. Get new ideas, inspiration, get a chance to worship without working, get some practical training, and more. SALT 2021, October 20th through the 22nd. Learn more at saltnashville.com and use our code 1230GETS50. That's 1230GETS50 for 50 bucks off any ticket price at saltnashville.com. Hey everybody, I'm Kier Lindsay, and I'm so excited to be talking to you. I was going to say to see you, but you see me, I don't see you. Uh, so excited to be here at the SALT conference to talk to you about worship and being a family beyond the stage, building a worship culture that lasts. Again, I'm Kier. I'm one of the worship pastors at Celebration Church uh, here at our North Carolina campus, and as well as I work with uh, our team down in Jacksonville, Florida. Such an honor to be here. I'm married uh, to Marika. We live in North Carolina, McLeansville, a little country rural area right outside of Greensboro with our two kids, Esther Rose and Nehemiah. So that will give you a clue at the quiet time I actually had to prepare for this. So whatever you're getting is a result of the non-quiet time. Um, but uh, I wanna thank Salt and the team that has pulled this conference together uh, after planning to meet in person, uh, having to switch everything around and not giving up, not folding, but saying we're gonna do this thing virtually and giving all of us the tools that we needed to get it done. So thank you so much to Joe Angel, Luke, uh, and so many of the other, or all of the other team members who are working their butts off literally so that we can get this thing done. Um, so let's kick off with the meaning of the word team. And I'm gonna be using my phone, so don't judge me. I am who I am, okay? Follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna read three definitions of the word team. Uh, the first definition that I came upon is a group of players forming one side in a competitive game or sport. Another version or another definition is come together as a team to achieve a common goal. And then my favorite that I believe applies to what we're talking about today, specifically animals, especially horses, that come together to pull a vehicle. No, we're not horses. No, we're not animals. We have dominion over those things. However, the idea that we're pulling a vehicle is powerful. We as worship leaders, as worship pastors, as members of a worship team have been assigned the amazing privilege of pulling our church closer 
to the feet of the Father, pulling our, our teams and our church closer to the voice of the Father, closer to the presence of the Father, closer to what's happening on stage to direct their attention to what's happening in the spiritual realm. And um, that's what we're gonna talk about today, being a team. So in this short, very short workshop, these are some things that I'm gonna cover. Uh, what, a family what family looks like on a team, habits that heal worship teams, habits that wound worship teams, and leading multi-ethnic and multicultural worship teams. Uh, we're gonna pray, and then I wanna jump into a scripture. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to share, for this opportunity to grow, to learn, to be reminded, uh, to reminisce, Lord, and even to repent as we learn how to be better leaders, as we learn how to be more effective leaders, as we learn how to have compassion for those we lead and serve, Lord, as we learn how to be servant leaders and put the serving in front of the leading, Lord, and as we lead people back to you. Uh, we thank you, uh, I thank you for every single person that's watching now, every single person that will watch later, Lord, and I ask that you would open their ears, open their eyes, open their hearts, open their spirits, Lord, and download your purpose and your plan into them, Father, so that, that we will pick up the mantle of leadership that you've given us and we'll walk more boldly. Uh, we'll walk um, with more love, with more courage, uh, with more grace and with more mercy than we've ever walked before. Thank you that you're speaking. Thank you that uh, you're, you're giving ears to hear and eyes to see. Uh, we love you and we honor you you are such an amazing father. You're such an amazing creator, such an amazing friend to us, Lord. So we invite you in to, to, to touch us, Lord, and to change us, to challenge us. And I thank you, Lord, for giving uh, me your heart and your mind as I speak, Lord. Even if there's something that you want me to say that I have not planned for, I wanna be a vessel and I wanna speak. I wanna speak with clarity and I wanna speak with authority and uh, speak under the, the unction of you and of your Holy Spirit. We love you, we adore you, we honor you. It's in your name that we pray, amen. Uh, I wanna jump into the scripture that it's kind of framing all of my thoughts here. It comes from Romans chapter 12. I start at verse one. Uh, and this, let me give some context. This is Paul talking to us, me, you, the sons, the daughters of, of, of God and us as brothers and sisters. It says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by God's grace given me I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others." We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Wow. So that scripture for me, as I was thinking about what I was going to uh, share with you guys, kind of encapsulated the complete thought of what it means to be a team. So that's what Paul is saying, us as believers, us as, as the salt and light of the earth, that's how we're supposed to live. Um, so let's start with giving the worship team back to God. So there's gonna come a point, whether it's the initial thought or response or a belabored thought or response where we have to give our teams back to God. We have to surrender the thought that we own this thing and what we say goes, we are the only ones who carry the vision and so forth and so on. So just as my wife, my children are mine, but they don't belong to me all the way. I hold my wife and my children with open hands because they are gifts given to me by God. So that is our team. That is what our team is. And a lot of times ownership is a problem when we talk, talk about teams. Um, our goal is to have everyone rowing in the same direction. If we can do that, at least we can actually get somewhere. That first or the main direction we should be, in, uh, be pushing towards is in uh, the idea of intimacy with God. And that's with our teams, that's with, that's with our church, that's with everything that we have. So what does family look like on a team? You can make this your first point if you're writing notes. What does family look like on a team? And I'll give you just a few seconds to think about what that looks like. Um, family, number one, is messy. Family is messy. If you think about your aunts, your cousins, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your third, fourth, fifth cousins, it's a mess. Family reunions are a mess just as much as they are fun. Our immediate families are a mess just as much as we love them. Family is mess because offstage we're doing life with each other and championing each other so that we can be fit for the stage. When we get on the stage, it's an outpouring and a reflection and a result of how we love and live when we're not on it. Uh, and, and that brings me into uh, a few thoughts of things that heal worship teams. And I'm gonna make some points here and I'm gonna share a few things that I've learned along my personal journey. So number one, being present for major holidays or major life events when possible. These are very practical things, things you might do already, 
uh, or things you might be considering, things you struggle to do, whatever it is. And I'll go ahead and tell you as a nine, Enneagram nine, um, someone who doesn't like conflict, someone who doesn't like to impose, leading is hard. So for all those nines out there, leading is hard. However, I'm gonna also say for those who look at the Enneagram as some crutch for people, I won't use it as a crutch. I'm a nine trying to lead, but I am conquering my nineness every day, every day. So I wanna encourage you to conquer your nineness every day. Say it with me, conquer my nineness every day. So things like being present for major holidays or major life events when possible. Uh, things like that, and we're talking about things that heal worship teams. When someone joins a team, usually they're joining a team with the hopes of finding family. They're joining a team with the hopes of finding people who they can do life with, community, a word that is almost a buzzword amongst Christians, but it's true. We need community. We were created to live in community. Community heals worship teams. And so being present for things like graduations, weddings, and birthdays, and anniversaries, all those things that we could be present for that heal little holes and painful spots in hearts, even when that's not communi communicated. Uh, so if you're not doing that, I, I wanna push you to do that. I wanna encourage you to do that. And sometimes it takes a little bit of sacrifice as Paul was talking about in Romans 12. This requires some sacrifice. And sometimes it won't make sense. Sometimes it won't feel good. But even doing something like that, as small as that, will heal so much on a worship team. Um, helping a team member accomplish something not pertaining to being on your team. Uh, and something very practical that I can think about that, again, you might have already done, you might do, you might be doing better at this than I am. But one of my team members recently moved. He and his wife moved to their new home, which you know they've been building and excited about. So the first day I was supposed to help, uh, first of all, I helped. I live an hour away from where they moved, but it's my honor to serve my team. It's my honor to uh, be friends and uh, be close with my team members. So I, I decided to help them move. The first day I didn't make it, let me tell you, I took a nap. Uh, but I didn't want to count that as a lost opportunity uh, to skip out on helping them and do some physical labor. So what did I do? I rescheduled, rescheduled my next day. I knew that uh, the next day they were going to be moving some more stuff in. So I rescheduled my whole day, uh, moved some stuff around so that I could be there uh, for Josh. And I don't know if it did anything for Josh, but for me, it meant the world to be there uh, for them as they moved into their new home and, and spent a few hours with them, uh, congratulating them, celebrating with them. And I didn't do the, even that much. They did most of the heavy lifting the next day and the day before. So I didn't do any, any real physical labor, but I was there. I was there for them and we broke some bread together and we had a good time. So that's something very practical that you can do. Uh, even if it's not something that you prefer, because we have a guy on the team, Chris, who is Josh's brother, he doesn't do physical labor. So Chris wasn't even there. So I feel like a winner uh, devoting myself to helping Josh move. Even something like providing or cultivating a space where your team members can be honest and be loved before being judged. This is something that's so hard because a lot of time as, times as leaders, we don't 
really want to get involved in the personal lives, the dark parts of personal lives with some of our team members. And gosh, I have countless memories and experiences with my team members at every place that I've served where we've had to visit some of the dark spaces. And uh, even just you know recently made a space, a specific space for one of my team members to share with me something that they've been struggling with in their family, something that's been weighing on them. And it's hard, but it's necessary. When you open up the door for someone to pour in everything, you help them lift a burden, you help them carry a burden. And some of the things that people might share with you might be things that are struggles with them that is sin or, or other people's sin or offense or any of these things uh, that might be weights for them in life or in their assignment as worship team members. And it's our responsibility to provide and cultivate a space for healing, provide and cultivate a space for transparency, and provide a place uh, for, for nourishment and recovery. And that's a part of, of, of what we do. That was a part of the ministry of Jesus when a lot of people wanted to um, condemn people and, and, and throw people away. Jesus was there to provide a space for them to be their whole selves, for them to be them, their, their, their wounded selves, their afflicted selves, and be healed. No, we're not Jesus, but we are the hands and feet of Jesus at all times. On the stage, off the stage, on the phone, on the internet, wherever we are, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Be the hands and feet of Jesus to those who are right beside you. A lot of the time, we reach beyond those that are really, really, really in our space. And we reach beyond those who really need us that we see every day, we serve with all the time, and we reach past those people. But let's reach to those that we serve with. Let's reach to those that we see every day or every week, how often, however often you meet with your teams. Let's do that. Um, another thing is admission of error. And what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about your team members uh, telling you they made a mistake. I'm talking about you, you as the leader admitting to your mistakes. I can think of one instance. This was a couple of years ago. I had a team member who walked in and they weren't really in the best of attitudes, but we, I was working with another team member and we kind of got an altercation when they walked in I say altercation, it sounds like a fight. We didn't fight, we didn't even actually argue, but it was like a, uh, uh, I don't know, a little conflict. She came in and she said something and then I said something to her along the lines of, you know, not right here, I'm your leader, uh, let's not do that right now. And you know, she was a little hot-headed at the time and she kept going. And so eventually, you know, fast forwarding, we had to meet and talk about what we were, what, what had happened. <laughs> what had happened was, there we go, what happened. Um, and we ended up sitting down with some other leaders and talking about, you know, how we could resolve, how we could move forward. And that moment ended up being a light bulb for me. So we were talking and she was sharing how she felt. And of course it had something to do with how her day was. It was a heavy day. And, and mine had to do with how I was caught off guard and how I felt disrespected as a leader. 
God, I heard the voice of God so clear in that moment. In that moment, she was crying and talking. I realized she felt comfortable talking to me in that moment that we had uh, of conflict because of me. Because I, and this is something I tend to do, I tend to lean, lean towards the relational, I'm your friend, make you very comfortable side of leadership. And I did not lean heavy enough on the side of just authority and, and that part of leadership. So I'm, I made the space, I made the room, and I cultivated the atmosphere of Kier's my friend. I don't really have to think about respecting him in this moment. I can just, you know, blah. So I had to apologize. I didn't ask her for an apology. I realized that I was leaning unevenly and unbalanced in my relationship uh, with her and as my, as my, as, as her leader. And so I had to repent and I had to check myself. And that actually was a turning point in my leadership. So now I still have the tendency to lean, you know, to the side of relationship, but I have to remind myself I'm a leader. So I want to encourage you as you lead and as you befriend your team members, don't allow them to get too familiar with you that your leadership and your authority just goes out the window. And don't allow your familiarity with them and, their, and, and, and who they are as your friends allow for their anointing and the purpose that God has given them in your team. Don't allow that to dissipate as well. There should be honor. Again, going back to Romans, let's honor each other. Leader to who I'm leading, who I'm leading to my leader. Like, let's honor each other. That's what the kingdom is about. It's about honor. Um, and then uh, I'm reminded of Matthew 5, 24, when it says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. And this is talking about worshiping the Lord and, and coming to the Father, coming to the throne. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with them, then come and offer your gift. What is that talking about? That's talking about trying to worship God on a stage and sing these songs and write these songs and lead God's people without dealing with conflict that you need to deal with. And I have so much experience with, with leading worship on a team with somebody who I've not reconciled with. And if you got the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, who are the same, um, will, not, will not let you lead in peace without reconciling with your brother. So the word says to us, let us lay our, our gift, our worship at the altar. Go back, reconcile with our brother, reconcile with your team member who you had an altercation with that you never really resolved. Go back and reconcile with your pastor. Go back and reconcile with a church member. Go back and reconcile with whoever you need to reconcile with in order that your worship won't be tainted once you get on the stage. But specifically in your teams, try not to minister without addressing and acknowledging any elephants in the room, any conflict, any alts, Anything that will keep you from operating as one team in synergy uh, to worship the Lord and to lead your church in worship. And moving on to things that wound worship teams. Wow. So I made a long list. 
lying. Don't lie within your worship team. Let there be uh, an atmosphere of transparency, of truth, of grace. Um, Clicks. What do you mean by clicks? I mean little groups of people. It's like subgroups in a group that converse, that hang, and that leave people on the outskirts. Clicks, this is a a statistic that I'm just now making up. Clicks are the number one The number one problem amongst worship ministries, because there's always somebody in a smaller group that's leaving someone else out. Try to include everybody. Try to include everybody. Uh, Not being transparent. Miscommunication. That's probably the actual thing that tears teams apart. Miscommunication. Communicate. Communicate, communicate. And a lot of times we think that just because we're communicating that we are great communicators and that we are, you know, doing our due diligence. But a form of miscommunication is not communicating everything. A form of miscommunication is communicating in an untimely way. A form of miscommunication is communicating something in a way that it can't be received. These are all things that I'm guilty of. I'm not condemning you. I'm helping us. Let's communicate. Let's get rid of miscommunication. Um, Another thing is lack of zeal and purpose in the mission. Let's protect our zeal. Again, going back to Romans 12, he says, keep your fervor. Keep your fire. Keep the fire burning. I want to say this, just as it's important for married couples to keep the fire in their relationship, to keep the coals burning. It's important on a team to keep your zeal. And you as the leader, you need to protect the zeal. You need to, 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 to study, to search, to find ways to keep the zeal of your team, especially during a time like this, during COVID-19. Listen, my, my specific campus hasn't met for church since March and we're not going to meet officially again until next year. I have the responsibility of keeping the zeal of my team, the fervor. We're not standing on a stage doing this, doing this thing that we used to be able to hide behind and, and say our highs and our byes and go. We have to be family. We have to help each other. We have to encourage each other. Another thing is being only about business or, you know, that mentality of let's just get the job done. And one of the things during COVID-19 that I found myself working in and and, and a way that I found myself working is, I corrected it, but it was, let's get the job done. Let's come in, let's record this content and let's leave. And if you are someone who is having to record your content still for your church, I wanna encourage you to not forsake the gathering. So our Bible tells us not to forsake the gathering of the saints. Still, this is the gathering of the saints. You, the team, you are the saints. Don't forsake the gathering. Still worship, still pull on the heartstrings of God. Still reach for the hymn of God. Still reach, 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 reach for the hymn of Jesus and, and, and reach for his presence. Strive for the presence. And don't get mixed up in that word strive. When I say strive, I mean just, just really, 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 really reach. But all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus and he will come. So call on the name of Jesus. Let Jesus come and sit in your rehearsals, in your meetings. Don't rush to prayer. 
Let Jesus sit while you're praying. In your times with your teams, your worship is also getting to know them. Your worship is also loving on them, encouraging them. One of the things that I love um, is something that I used to do with a former team is we called it hot seats. It's taking a moment in a rehearsal, gathering, wherever. It's really random and it's always a very encouraging and life-giving thing. It's called a hot seat. And, And basically it's picking someone randomly or someone that you've thought about uh, and everyone on the team, everyone in the room has to say something positive, something encouraging, something life-giving to that person, something um, that's gonna push that person over the edge and into a place of appreciation, joy, and gratefulness. Uh, Do that, I encourage you to do a hot seat. It's not a thing that I made up, so you don't have to give me credit, but do a hot seat for that person Do a hot seat for that person on your team that you know has been struggling uh, uh, during COVID, struggling with loneliness, struggling with depression, struggling with with their self-worth, struggling with self-doubt. Do a hot seat. And then another thing that can hurt a team is the lack of trust. We must trust each other. I must know that you are for me and I have to do what I need to do to know that, to make you know that I am for you. I am for you. I don't even know you who are looking at this. I would know you if we were in the room together, but I can't see you, but I trust you. I trust that you are doing what you believe and, and know that God has called you to do. And trust me, trust your team members. Allow them to trust you. Where there is no trust, there is only shaky, shaky ground. And shaky ground lends itself to something to crumble. So put trust first. Moving on to leading multi-ethnic and multicultural ministries. And I won't dive too far into this because there's so much I could say. This is a passion of mine. This is something that I try to live and try to inspire other people to do. Um, But just to mention a few things. Um, First of all, when it comes to this, listen, you don't know what you don't know, but it is your responsibility to learn and get to know what you don't know. Don't ever let what you don't know be a crutch for you or be a stopping point. You don't know what you don't know, but it is your responsibility to learn and know what you don't know. And however that applies, this is not just speaking to my white brothers and sisters. This is speaking to me. This is speaking to every shade and, and, and ethnicity of, of people. You don't know what you don't know. Another thing that I've learned, it's so, so, so important, is to carry your cross more diligently, uh, more, uh, uh, just with more conviction than you carry your, your um, preferences. Preference over cross. Preference over, sorry, that's so wrong, I'm speaking too fast. Cross over preference. Cross over preference. That's what we've been instructed to do. Pick up your cross but leave everything else aside. Don't let it interfere too much. Um, And then, this is is something else that actually I got today as I was thinking on and praying about, you know, what I was sharing. If the Bible is true, then some of us are going to be culture shocked in heaven. What are you talking about, Kier? Well, what I'm talking about is, let me preface this, 
Every one of us is not going to serve in a multicultural space. Some of us are going to be in homogeneous churches where it's, most, it's mostly people who look like us. That's just the truth. That's just the truth of us being in this world. We're not in heaven. Um, but we should be working towards as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. But all of us are not gonna be in those spaces. However, it's our responsibility to make sure we put ourselves in, in um, spaces, in opportunities, in situations, in circumstances where we are not the majority, whatever that looks like for you. And so what I mean by we're gonna be culture shocked is if we're not doing that, if we're not being intentional with the music we listen to, if we're not being intentional with the people that we spend time with, off of our teams, you know, if we have teams who are multicultural, in a sense, multi-ethnic, if we're not being intentional with who we're spending time with and how we're spending time, we're gonna be culture shocked in heaven. What do you mean? In heaven, it says people of all tongues, people of all nations, people of all ages, people of all kinds are going to be singing the same thing, singing holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty. We're gonna be singing with the angels. We're gonna be singing with each other. That's gonna be what we're doing. And if we don't learn how to do it down here, we're gonna be culture shocked in heaven. Because in heaven right now, there is a mighty chorus. There is a mighty gathering of people who look like me, look like you, them, and they're singing to the Father. They're lifting the Father up. And if we don't learn how to do that here, we're gonna be behind the curve when we get to heaven. Truth be told, if we go to heaven. Listen, let's all work to go to heaven. <laughs> um, but another thing is weep with those who weep. And right now in our country, there's so many things happening. There's so many people weeping. If there's ever been a time in history in, in, in our lifetime that weep with those who weep, again, which is in Romans, that same chapter and, and one of the verses we just read, we're missing it if we're not weeping with those who weep. With the racial um, injustice that's going on, let's weep with those who weep. With uh, things about abortion and the loss of life, let's weep with those who weep. With those of our team members who are weeping for whatever they're weeping for, let's take time to weep. That is a biblical thing, to weep. A lot of times as worship teams, worship pastors, worship leaders, the weeping part is a place we don't wanna sit. We don't wanna sit in the discomfort of, of weeping. And the truth, the truth is, you don't have to weep for something that you understand. You don't have to weep because you totally get it. You weep because your brother is weeping. You weep because your sister is weeping. Whatever, whatever else needs to ensue after that, we'll figure that out. But first, there's no verse in there that says, understand what your brother is weeping about and then weep. It says weep with those who weep, mourn with those who want, mourn. We gotta weep with those who weep so that we can get to the point of rejoicing with those who rejoice. Let's not just focus on rejoicing. Let's weep with our team members. Let's get down into trenches with those we serve with and let's weep. Let's tarry, let's pray, let's intercede. Let's put focus on our intercession 
for those we serve with. And once you get to the stage after weeping with those on your team who are weeping, you get to experience joy together in those moments. Those are moments, those are uh, circumstances that create moments on a stage where the Lord meets you together and you can't really explain what happened. You can't explain why everyone went to the same chord. You can't explain why you, you, you wrote the song of the Lord on the stage and you started singing something that the heart of the Father was just pouring out of. Those moments come from weeping and tarrying and, and being with our team members. Those moments come from unity in all things. Not because we agree, but because we love each other. And our ultimate goal is the same. Weep with those who weep. And um, the truth is, all the things that I've said are all things that I, I won't say often, but I'll say regularly have to repent for. That I regularly have to learn and unlearn and, and ask for forgiveness from God, from my team members, from my family. All of these things that I've talked about, are, it's not something that you perfect. It's not something that you become a master of. It's something that you strive for. It's something that you make a regular part of your life. It's something that you make your heart's desire and your goal. All of these things are not the only things that make a great team and that make you family beyond the stage, but they are things that put you closer to the mark. They are things, there are so many other things that I probably didn't say that you're doing. Maybe you could help me. Um, I don't want you to think that I think I know everything. I don't want you to think that I nail all this every time, but these are things that I've learned by default. These are things that I've learned by mistakes, these are things that I've learned just from relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit, but I wanna encourage you that this is not a list to perfect, these are not notes to become a master at, these, these are things to strive for, these are things to implement in your life and to make a daily part of your life. And some of the resources that I, I um, used uh, came from a book that I read as a, as a young leader, it's called The Five, uh, characteristics of a dysfunctional team. And I want to, I didn't share any of this because I want you to read the book, but these are five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. It says, inattention to results, avoidance of accountability, lack of commitment, fear of conflict. That's something that I've always struggled with. An absence of trust. It's a great book. I have it right here. I read it. I've read it multiple times and I recommend it for you. Uh, there's another team, uh, another book that he's written called The Ideal Team Player, which is also great. It's very practical things written in story form that help me really make sense of, of my leadership, my leadership style and, and how I want to lead. We're all different. We all have different personalities and uh, character traits. But at the end of the day, let's be leaders who care for our teams. And as you can see, I didn't talk much about music today. I didn't talk much about, you know, presentation on the stage or anything like that. It's about what we do off stage. 
Everything we do on stage is an outpouring and an overflow and result of how we live and love each other off stage. So love your teams, love yourselves, which you can't love your teams unless you love yourselves. So as we're seeking to lead our teams, we're seeking to lead ourselves even better. And some more resources I have for you are, first of all, the Bible. Read your Bible. All that I talked about today came from Romans 12, chapter 12. And there's so much more throughout the Bible that is a blessing. Uh, read your Bible. The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Worship Matters by Pop, Bob Coughlin. Great, great, great book for you and your team. Um, and uh, Worship 101, Back to the Basics by my great friend and mentor, Tasha Cobbs, Pastor Tasha Cobbs. Listen, it's been an honor to be with you today. Um, I'm no professional at this. I'm just passionate about it. I'm passionate about learning to do it better. I'm passionate about sharing what I've learned and seeing you prosper and successfully lead your teams, whatever that looks like for you. I pray the Lord's blessing upon you. I pray that he would keep you and, and, and keep his grace upon you and that you would continue to just go glory to glory to glory to glory in him and that your teams during this season and seasons beyond this, that you would grow close together, that every time you would get on this stage, you experience the heavy and manifestation, the manifested presence of the Father, the manifested presence of the Spirit, and that you would walk hand in hand, foot in foot with the Spirit as your friend. He's our Father, He's our brother, He's our friend, He's our confidant, and that you would just lean into all those characteristics of the Father. I love you, thank you for tuning into this, and um, if you have any questions, we're here. And uh, um, thanks again to Joe Angel, to Luke, to the whole team. I pray that you've gotten something from this. And I pray that you would take this information and that you would apply it. Apply it. I love you. Thank you so much. And uh, I pray the Lord's blessing upon you and your teams and your ministries. And stay COVID-free out here in these streets. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed learning from Kier today. And remember that the uh, tools and insights that Kier shared with us today, you can use with any volunteer team, especially your worship team. But keep in mind that the uh, the knowledge that Kier shared can be used with your production team, uh, with any volunteer team at your church to make Sunday happen. And also remember, you can go to makingsundayhappen.com uh, and choose worship from the category drop-down menu to get other episodes all about worship. We talked with dozens of other worship leaders over the years, so feel free to check that out. Or if you're a production or pastor listening, you can choose uh, categories based on your interest on uh, that page as well, makingsundayhappen.com. All right, before I leave you today, I want to share a clip from Alex and Stephen Kendrick about their new documentary film, coming out this fall called Show Me the Father, and also their re-release of Courageous called Courageous Legacy. And these are the guys who brought you Courageous and War Room and Fireproof uh, and all those movies. Uh, so I'll have Stephen Kendrick on the show in a few weeks to tell you more, but I want to go ahead and drop a little clip of both Stephen and Alex telling you about these films so that you can start knowing about them and encouraging your congregation to support them as they come out this fall. Watch this. 
Hey, I'm Alex Kendrick. And I'm Stephen Kendrick. And we have some exciting news for you. Yes. We've been working on two movies that will come out in theaters this fall. Two movies this fall at the same time. And the first one is a documentary. It's actually a powerful documentary. Tell Our them about first, the first documentary one. called Show Me the Father. We've taken some of the best, most inspirational stories about fatherhood, put them together into a movie, and we talk about the perfect fatherhood of God and how he wants a relationship with all of us. It's going to be really cool. It is really good. It's going to grab your heart, pull it out, whip it around a couple of times, stick it right back in better. We've got NFL stories. We've got Dr. Tony Evans, Jim Daly. We talk about my daughter's adoption story. That's good. You're going to love Show Me the Father. It's a film for everybody. Check it out this fall. And then a month later in theaters, we're re-releasing a special edition of the movie Courageous. It's been 10 years. We're calling it Courageous Legacy for the 10th anniversary edition. We've remastered, recolored, re-edited, put new scenes in, and it's got a brand new ending. That's right. It's inspirational. It looks better than it ever has before. And we even share some of the impact stories as to what God has done through courageous over the last 10 years. And I've never seen a movie where you get to see the characters literally age 10 years. Without makeup. It's, really, the, it's the real deal. It's pretty cool. So, CourageousTheMovie.com but before that, a month earlier, ShowMeTheFatherMovie.com for more information. The show notes for this episode are available now at MakingSundayHappen.com Again, I'm going to have Stephen Kendrick on the show here in a couple of weeks. I got an opportunity to sit down with him at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention uh, a couple of months ago, so we'll be sharing that interview with you. Uh, And we'll also be sharing uh, an interview with Alex Kendrick, hoping to get him on uh, as well to talk about uh, the films that they are producing. I've asked them several times, uh, you know, are you guys preaching to the choir? Are you talking directly to the church? And the answer is yes. Uh, they make projects, uh, these films and, and other uh, documentaries and projects that they're working on to give you tools as a pastor and a church leader uh, to minister to disciple your congregation. So go out, support them this fall with both Show Me the Father and Courageous Legacy. All right, thanks so much for checking out the show this week. Next week on the show, we're going to share another session from SALT 2020 as I welcome Adam Hobson from Church of the Highlands. We'll talk about lighting. We'll talk about pixel mapping, LED projection, and more from Adam. So this is a great episode for church tech leaders. So if you're in church media, AVL, lighting, especially next week is a great episode for you. All right. If you like today's episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, share. Check us out on YouTube as well. All of our episodes are on YouTube completely free for you as well as additional uh, training videos and resources to help you make Sunday happen. Uh, We would really appreciate it if you would help us uh, share the content. Uh, with other uh, church tech leaders, production, worship leaders that you might know, pastors, uh, as we are really trying to interview some great people, get some great content on the show to help you make Sunday happen. Well, thanks so much for hanging out this week. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.